But before we go, let's just pray. Father, we thank you. We glorify your name. We ask that as we go into your word, that you open up our hearts and eyes of understanding the name of Jesus. And Lord, it's my prayer that this message that you have for us today will propel us into a realm of impact, a realm of service, a realm of reverence in the name of Jesus, a realm of surrenderance in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we said God is holy. And, and very important just to buttress this to help us a little bit. Uh, holiness does not mean uh, white color. Amen. Holiness does not mean, uh, you know, when, when you say God is holy, it means he's, um, uh, it means he's set apart. So that's what it means. The word holy means to be set apart. That's what it means. Holiness is not white color. <laughs> it's not. Simply means to be set apart. And we have tried to explain that to us several times. That it's like saying, for example, um, you take, you go to the market and you buy two buckets and you know you bring them home. Then you 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 take one for the kitchen and you you take one in your bedroom. So the one in your bedroom. You don't want to drink water from it. You can drink water from the other one, but you don't want to drink water from the other one because you separated them. Who did the separation? You, isn't it? So not the bucket. So the buckets are just there. So they are not doing anything. Holiness, you don't, you are not the one. Yeah, there is, there's an aspect where you perfect holiness in the fear of God. Are we together, everybody? There's a part where you perfect holiness in the fear of God, but the act of holiness, what declares holy is God. So it's God who makes holy. Hallelujah. Am I communicating to us here? It is God who makes holy. He's the one who makes holy. For example, 1 Corinthians 1.30. Well, let's go there just to help us a little bit. 1 Corinthians 1.30. Um, I think, um, okay, 1 Corinthians. The Bible says, um, 1 Corinthians 1, chapter 1, verse 30. Are you there? Now, it says that, um, to, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus. I want us to open it so that we read it together. Okay? He said, but of him are you in Christ Jesus, who God is made unto you wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So God, he says, but you are in Christ Jesus. So in Christ Jesus, okay, God has made Christ to be to you wisdom. He has made Christ to be to you righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. The word sanctification is to be set apart. So God, Jesus, became our sanctification. Say, Christ is my sanctification. Yeah, he is our sanctification. So holiness is not, you know, uh, oh, when you're wearing, you know, we had, we, I, don't know, I don't know about you, but I used to have those ideas that, you know, this is, these are the people that are holy. When they wear, um, you know, not, not just white, you know, even talking, you know, there's a particular dress, you know, uh, those are holy people. You know, for example, you can't, you know, you can't see someone with the dreadlock and say, well, this person is holy, you know, because you already have a pre-conceived uh, definition of what holiness can mean. But holiness, it means to be sanctified, it means to be set apart, okay, for a function. So you are set apart for a function. For example, you see... Uh, we, we call, like I used to explain, we call bread that we break. And, you know, the wine that we drink, we call them holy communion. So we call bread holy. 
Okay? But we don't want to call human beings holy. We are afraid to call ourselves holy. But we, are, we conveniently call bread holy. You know, that's demeaning, actually. So, but for you, remember, this, this is the point. Christ has redeemed you, so you are, actu- you are actually holy. Praise God. Say, I'm holy. You are. What makes you holy is not what, is not you. You can't. Who born you? It's not possible. You cannot make yourself holy. So what makes holy is God. You are the one who go, you, you go to the market, you buy the bucket, you separate them. It is not the bucket. So it's the, it is you who separated them. So the same thing, it is God who made holy. For example, the Bible says in Hebrews, in chapter 3, is Hebrews 3 now, it says holy brethren. He said, is it Hebrews 3 or Hebrews 2? Hebrews 3, Hebrews 3, yeah. He said, holy brethren. So he referred to, it was, so the writer of Hebrew referred to the Hebrew that he was writing to. He called them holy brethren. So, you know, just imagine that. So the writer had a mindset that these people he was writing to were holy. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? That but the concept of saint. But that's not today's message. See, the concept of holiness simply means to be set apart. There is something about God that even I said you know, was re-echoed in the message, I mean in the worship today, about God's holiness and God's faithfulness. And I want us to also, you know, you know tap into that. Because we have, uh, it is true that God is holy. Someone say God is holy. Yes, he's holy. So you know, when we lift up our holy hands and we worship and call God holy, what comes to our mind exactly? Is he a white color? Okay. When you say God is holy, what exactly are you trying to say? Are you just echoing words or two syllables, holy? You know, what exactly do you mean when you say God is holy? What do you mean? You have to be able to answer that to your, you know, you have to be able to answer that. To be able to worship genuinely. It means he's set apart. He alone is set apart to save. He alone is set apart to do this. He alone is worthy to do this. That's what it means. It means he's set apart to do this. He alone, he alone is worthy to save forever. But one aspect of God's holiness I want to stress today is God's loyalty. Amen. See, God, see, and, and I'm trying to see how we can also extrapolate from God's character, okay? And if we can take from God's character, in other words, we are holy as our Father is holy. That concept is that we are trying to be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect, okay? So, okay, that concept we are saying, you're perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You will grab it by the time we finish. Amen. So, that's one thing that I just want to stress this morning by the Spirit of God. And that is the fact that God is a loyal person. And, and when we function, okay, listen, there is certain dimension that God will need you to learn certain things for him to use you in those dimensions. Let me use that word dimension. In other words, what I'm trying to say is this. There are certain things. No, last week we were saying something about God can bless you financially so that you will be able to finance the kingdom. 
Remember we're saying something like that. And such things, they don't come. Of course, they can come prophetically and we can say, well, God will bless you financially so that you finance the gospel. Such thing can happen, okay? But the one who wants to be a kingdom financier must be, must have certain capacity or certain development that will make that person to be positioned for such. Am I communicating to us here? Amen. The one who wants to be used of God to be a kingdom financier must develop certain capacity that will position him or her. And this is what I'm trying to say. There are certain things that God will want to do in our generation or in any sphere that God will, that certainly you have to develop the ability to be loyal. Amen. So this is it. I'm not saying, see, that you, you, are, you will always be a child of God. If you, if you are born again, you love God, you confess him as your Lord and Savior, you are a child of God, and that is it, okay? But I'm trying to say there are certain dimension, certain assignment, certain places in life that God would need you to function. God would need you to carry out certain assignment, but God would demand you to develop the ability and the capacity to be loyal, and you'll be tested. And this is what I'm trying to say, see, because I know many people, I know a lot of people sometimes, I've seen a lot of people talking to people, I know that a lot of people have not developed capacity. I remember recently, last week, um, during my birthday, uh, somebody posted in church here, made a post online, and about, you know, wrote one of the brothers in church, Roya, let me use Roya, okay, let me mention his name, Roya. So he wrote an article, Wrote all kinds of things. And in the article, he wrote a state a line. He said, I owe you my life. Now, when he says, I owe you my life, somebody commented. I, I read the comment. I just in the past. The person said, ah, ah, yeah, uh, happy birthday, sir. Uh, it is true. Roya, you, it does not, I mean, you don't, you owe God your life, not him. You know, I saw that, uh, well, this is not necessary, you know, these are not, that, no, you don't, the person, the person is not a, mem- is not a church member, so, the pe- yeah, you can't, basically can't really understand certain things. Now, but the, the concept is not, this is not the same as, okay, I'm, I worship you, sir. That is not what he's saying. Amen. That's amen. That, but, but, you know, when that statement, that statement echoes loyalty. Amen. Okay, let me help you a little bit because some of us may be to be wondering, ah, can somebody owe, how can somebody say, I owe you, I mean, you owe a man your life. Why would you say that? Amen. For example, let's give you, let's, let's do something, but that's not today's message, but let's go to Philemon, um, uh, Philemon, just do something, just touch it and just, and just move from there. Because I'm trying to say this, that if you don't learn the ability and the capacity to be lawyer, this is not the same as eye service. See, I, I'm going to say, we're gonna, I'm going to explain some things to us so that we understand what loyalty means. Okay? It's not the same thing as eye service. Okay? Because, okay. Amen, everybody? If you want any organization, I've said this several times here, if you want any organization to grow, if you are in a marriage, it could be marriage or anything, you want it to grow. If you don't have the if you don't have trust level one or the element of loyalty, it will not last. 
it will not. You need every member of the organization 100% loyalty. It's good to be loyal. It is good. This is not the same as, this is different from being objective. In an organization, every member of the organization is an intelligent unit. Let me explain that. We are going to see some things and we're going to read Bible. We're going to see some things. Are we together, everybody? Every organization, like as we stand here, when we do meetings in church or as we gather here, you as an individual, you, have, you are blessed. God has granted you with wisdom. So you have the ability to object. To object certain things based on your experience, based on the information that's available for you. So you can object in an organization, but it's not the same thing as being disloyal. So you object does not mean, so for example, it does not mean that anything that he said, yes, yes. You sh- Sometimes we have meetings, ministers' meetings, I don't even say anything. Most of the time, I only say, oh, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because different people are coming with different objections, and that makes sense. The one that does not make sense, we look at it and we evaluate it and we say, okay, let's put this on our side. We later move. It does not mean, but we are still together. Look at this. Let me just jump by the way. Philemon, Philemon 1, um, amen. amen. This is not, I don't know why I even went to this direction, but it's good. I will mention, I will go there. Philemon, amen. amen. Uh, are you there? Okay, go, just let's keep reading, please, because of time. Okay, thank you. Uh, Philemon chapter 1. Uh, okay, good. If you're there, say Jesus is Lord. Philemon and chapter, um, this chapter 1, of course, we read verse, let's just, verse, um, yeah, let's start from verse, I want us to start from verse, Verse 15, amen. amen. For perhaps he therefore departed for a season that thou should receive him forever. Ah, okay. Not now as a servant, but above a servant, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how, how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. So Philemon is writing, I mean, Paul is writing to Philemon here. No, if you read verse 18, he said, if he had wronged thee. So, this is it. Paul was talking about, let's go back to the beginning, so that some of us, because Bible, you know, do Bible study. From verse 1, verse 1, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer. Now, let's jump to verse 3. Ah, amen. Okay, from 7, yeah? From 8. Wherefore, though, I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee, that which is convenient. Verse 10. I beseech thee for my son Onesimus. Okay? So Paul is writing. So this is it. So let's just give us background. So Paul was in prison, so he met Onesimus. Onesimus was once a servant in Philemon's house. So Philemon was a big guy. All right? Now, Onesimus, so Philemon had already received Jesus in one of Paul's ministry. So Paul had already preached to Philemon. He had already discipled Philemon. So when Paul now went to prison, he met Onesimus. So Onesimus received Jesus while Paul was in prison with Onesimus. So while they were discussing, Onesimus now said, I'm trying to summarize to make it so that we understand it, like he knew Philemon, that he walked 
We feel him. Ah, I know your master. I feel him. Ah. So now, Onesimus is done in prison. So he's about to return home. So Paul had to write the letter. See, ah, this Onesimus, ah, I know him. I mean, so I am Paul. I'm writing to Philemon. Receive him. Not as a previous servant, but much more than a servant. Are we getting, are you following everybody? So let's jump because of our time. Jump to, ah, jump to verse um, 18 now. So he says, verse 18, if he has wronged you or owe you anything, put that in my account. I, Paul, have written it with my own hand. I will repay it. I'll be it. I do not say to thee how thou owe me, even thy own self beside. Now, I like the way uh, 19 put it in Amplify. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it in full. Not to mention to you that you owe me, you owe to me, even your own self as well. Now, it is not, it is not, um, it does not, this statement, it's only those who understand loyalty that can understand, that understand the concept. For example, those who understand the faith. For example, Paul wrote a letter to the Corinthians church. He said, in Christ Jesus, you have, you can have 10,000 instructors but not many fathers. He said, but in this gospel, I have bought you. He was writing to Colossians. He said, my children in whom, he said, is it Colossians now? He said, uh, in whom I travel until Christ be formed in you. So this is the point. The loyalty here is not blind loyalty. It does not mean that we, it's, it's still loyalty under God, under the word of God. But that's just by the way. What I'm trying to say is this, that God is a God of loyalty. There's a loyalty concept in God. That is why we say God is a faithful God. Okay, let's explain this. For example, have you heard, you've heard the statement, the sure mercies of David before. Sure mercies of David. Now, look at everybody. David, would you tell me that David was a good father? I mean, in the real sense of, you know, fathering a home. Now, now, he was not a good father. You see, in terms of, even in terms of the things he was doing in the kingdom, in fact, in his kingdom, in administration, he didn't do well. Some of the persons he was, as, people that was, he was assigned to lead, he killed him and took the wife. Are you going to hey, let's, let's take it one by one. Father-wise, no. Um, even as a leader, he tried in some, you know, but in respect to leadership, even misses in some places. Of course, he's a man after God's heart. He wanted what God wants. So that's why, because of that, he always he knew that see, there is a mercy aspect of God. Now, but that is not even where I'm going. In the scheme of things, when God would say it, God said, I will establish his throne forever. If I, when God wanted, God, God the creator of heaven and earth, eh, came down. God made David his father. Okay, when they say son of David, met, who was the son of David that they are saying? This is Jesus. When Jesus was coming, Jesus did not come under another person's family. He came under David's family. Under David's family, David. Are you going to say everybody? Under David, loyalty. <laughs> he, said, he said, I will establish your throne forever. He said it. So it was his word. So in the midst of their loyalty, it, when David messed up, he calls David to order. I was, I was wrong with you now. Why would you do like that? I, I don't like that. 
I don't like that. No, no, no. That, you, see, you see that rep? It does not mean he won't object. It does not mean he won't say, I don't like what you have done. So, and because there's true friendship, eh, both of them are not happy that I have offended you. But it does not mean that we won't see each other again. <laughs> Am I communicating here? If, if, we, if you come to a point where you say, well, we won't see each other again. Let's forget about it. We won't see each other again. It just means that um, you are never friends. Okay, let me, let, me, let me calm down a little bit. So I want you to get the picture clearly. God is a God of loyalty. When God will say, God say, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. That rings a bell that God is a God of men. Like, see, God is a God that we, we, he, he reverses his agreement with men. Okay. Are you going to say, he came, I am the, he appeared to Moses. The first thing, I'm the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob. He could have just said, I am God. He's someone that is dedicated to men. He's loyal. He's a loyal God. You know why he says, I'm the God of Isaac and God of Jacob? It's simple. Because while he was with Adam, and when he was Abraham, he made a covenant with Abraham. And he says, this is what I will do. I will, I will preserve your generation. Your generation will be blessed. So, and, and he is not going to change his word on it. He's not. And when he came, when he appeared to Moses, he see, remember, see, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Amen. God is a loyal God. That explains the concept of grace. Amen. That if God is devoted to bless you, eh, he will bless you. There's nothing, there's nothing anybody can do about it. They will just, are you careful? God is loyal to me. Hallelujah. God, see, it is in his loyalty. That's why he went to the cross. That loyalty, the Bible says, he said, what manner of love he said is this, that the man will lay down his life for his friends. For his friends. So God is a loyal God. He's a loyal God. He's loyal to the core. He's loyal to death. To death. In other words, he saw me on my way to hell, but because he had already made a promise, that he will not, that he would save me, he would die for me, he ensured that he carried it out. But that's just by the way. So what I'm trying to say is this, is the Bible says, be holy as your father in heaven is holy. So in other words, and we said something earlier, I said, without holiness, you will not see God. What I'm trying to say is that, you can pick that aspect to be loyal, eh? as your heavenly father is loyal. And when you are doing that, you will see God. In that dimension. What I'm trying to say is this. There are certain level, certain dimensions in life that God will need to use you. But God will require a certain, God will require you to be loyal, to learn how to be loyal. Let me say this and you know, we are going to just, you know, anytime we talk about politics, um, people say politics, politics. And people talk about Christians in politics. How can, how can a Christian, how can a pastor, <laughs> pastor, be in politics? Now, for me, amen, as much as I have political interests and all those things, there are certain, you know, dimensions of politics that I know 
that now I'm not going to you know, carry out. Or I don't have such um, leading. I don't have that leading. But however, when I see a pastor or someone that is filled with the Holy Ghost, this is it. This is it, everybody. If a believer is filled with the Holy Ghost, is born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, and is serving in the vineyard, it gets to a point, eh? There's no way that believer will be pastoring. It's either the believer is pastoring um, two, three, ten, fifty. It depends on their capacity. Let me explain what I'm trying to say. Okay, this is in short. If you are born again, if you are a child of God, whether you like it or not, eh, you should be a pastor. At least you'll be pastoring your house, your family. If you, why would you, why? You should be able to pastor your children, except you decide not to have children and not to marry, you just stay on your own. And are you what I'm trying to say here? At least you will have one member. You will, at least one member, your spouse. Another one will join your babies. If you don't know how to disciple, how to follow up, how to teach God's word, how to pray, you will not effectively even do what you are supposed to do even as a head or as a spouse, as a person in the marriage. It does not mean that you have to, hold, you have to carry pulpit. That's what I'm trying to say. See, I'm not saying you have to be on a pulpit and be holding mic every Sunday. I'm saying that if you are born again, you are filled with the Holy Ghost, your primary first um, and, and you, are, you are a family, you are part of a family, your family is your assignment. So you have to, one way or the other, you have to wake up and tell somebody John 3, 16. You have to tell them about who they are in Christ Jesus. You must do money devotion, at least one, at some point. Am I communicating? Is that not by extension the work of a, almost similar to the work of a pastor? It is. <clears throat> you know the people that is difficult to pastor? Family members. The ones that are submitted under God hey, easily. If they are born again, are you going to try to say yeah? Because they know you. They know you. <laughs> you, you some of you, with, de- with the depth of revelation that you have known, like so you want to share with your family, sometimes they do, you, this one, <laughs> this one, this one is want to teach me. Are you going to try to say yeah? So if you are, if you are able to break some walls, and, and that's why, you know, you have to give it to families that raise, you know, a Christian home. I mean, that they successfully raise a home. That, you know, the, the children that, you know, they are, they, are, they are established in the faith. It's not, see, you know, that's why I'm abusing where, I, you know, uh, okay, well, let me even mention that. Let me just drop that one. We're talking about God's loyalty, isn't it? God is a loyal God. So this is what we're trying to say. So, if you, what I'm trying to say earlier is that you cannot run away from that growth process. If you are a child of God, you cannot say, well, I don't want to know God's word. I don't want to be filled with the spirit. So I don't want to pastor. Because whether you like it or not, you are pastoring. What I'm saying is this. If people will go into politics, okay? They say, pastors, how will a pastor go be in politics? It's the same answer as how will a Christian be in politics. So this is it. So that I'm trying to say, except, except the Holy Spirit just tells you not to go yet. But I don't see any reason why. And, and the, 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 look at everybody. Look at, it's not just about politics. It's about everything. Amen. Okay, see. That when it comes to the dimension of the Spirit, what we do in the faith... 
there, there is, I like the way somebody puts something in a statement like this. There's what we call, um, have you heard of covert operation before? Yeah. Covert operation. Have you heard of overt operation? Yeah. Overt. The overt operation is the one that, you know, for example, you see the people that are, you know, you send somebody to shoot, to kill people. You are seeing them, like people, you know, the U.S. The US soldiers that they were with, they withdrawn from Afghanistan. Those ones went, the, they see them, these are the people. They are see, you see them moving into the plane, those ones went for overt operation. When we say covert operation, covert operation is when you infiltrate a system with agents, undercover, CIA, FBI. They are doing undercover and they will be there for like years. And they will, they will be bringing intel back home. I mean, intel that will be that those that will go for overt operation will need. So what I'm trying to say, in Christian faith, in this our Christian faith, there is overt operation. The overt operation is the one that will see the lame. What I'm doing now is like overt operation. You see the lame, lame see, uh, walk rather. <laughs> God forbid, batting. <laughs> <laughs> Blind see, lame walk, um, be healed. Then people as people will see, and yeah, you know, as people are seeing, as you know, as the blind are seeing and lames are walking, glory to God, wow, awesome, hallelujah, and we'll see notable miracles. The Bible says, indeed, a notable miracle has been performed. So they saw a notable miracle, and everybody will gather and they receive Jesus. That's one. There's another one that is the covert operation. That covert operation is what we are, we are agents everywhere. The overproportion in the sense that you as an agent, you are sent in a secret mission. Not secret mission, it's a kingdom mission to different sphere in life. And I'm even talking about policies. That's why anytime people talk to me about pastors in politics, I used to wonder, okay, and they say, oh, this pastor is in politics and the pastor is not saying something. The pastor is not doing something. This pastor, yeah. Another pastor, yeah. This pastor is doing governor. This pastor wants to be president. <coughs> okay. Abi, I don't understand. I'm confused. Hey, you know, but that is a dirty game. What is dirty game? Okay, let let me help you a little bit. Daniel chapter four. Amen. Daniel chapter four, and that's where we are going. Since we we'll go, we we'll look at Daniel chapter four, and you know, um, Amen. Are you there, Daniel? My Daniel is not opening. Daniel chapter 4. Praise God. If you're there, say Jesus is Lord. I'm blessed. Okay, Daniel chapter 4. All right. The Bible is still sticking together. Okay. So look at it now. I am just seeing. Let me, let me give us a background of the book of Daniel. Daniel was among the captive that Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, took. Among the ch children that he took. And when he took them, in Daniel chapter 4, he said, Daniel chapter 1, 4, we said, you know, when he says, children, the womb was no blemish, you know, and all those things. So he took certain children among the Israelites. He took certain children, they castrated them, removed their scrotum. Okay? Castration. They did that to them. They killed their parents, burnt their houses, did all kinds of things, and they took them. Just imagine that, and I want you to begin to imagine yourself that you are the one in Daniel's shoe. 
So they've killed his family, killed everybody, his brothers, his uncle, and they took him to Babylon. And getting to Babylon, see, let me tell you this, everybody listen. The word Babylon, Babylon is, um, is not just in the Bible just for written sake. The Babylon is the high point of the world system. High point of all there is. So if you ever think, oh, well, you know, when people say, well, the world is spoiling every day. Um, the things are bad every day. Jesus should just, should just come. You know, sometimes you go online and you see some people say, well, when they see some bad things happen, you say, Jesus should just come. No, it's not new. Amen. So sometimes we, we exclamate and make certain things look like it is new. They are not new. Babylon is the high point of all there is about corruption. All there is about corruption. And king of Babylon is the leader of it all. So all kinds of atrocity was there in Babylon. So castration, killing people, all kinds of demons and witches. The city is filled with demons. Are we together? There is, in fact, when they took Daniel, somebody that is, you know, of God, somebody who knows God. Are we together, everybody? Somebody who knows God, they castrated him, put him in the palace, and after a while, put him among the, the people who see vision, divin, divin, uh, divination, those that practice divination. They put him among wizards. Just, to, just look at it, astrologers. They put him in the middle of them. So look at it. That is a, this is a Christian. Um, it, was, it was not a Christian. But I want you to have a picture in your mind. That this is Daniel. Who represents righteousness and holiness. He represents all there is about God. He's, I mean, this is someone that, well, you would, wow, a man of God. A man of the spirit. Somebody who interprets visions. Somebody who's king. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. Daniel, Daniel rem, that told him the dream by the spirit and gave him the interpretation by the spirit. Are you trying to say here? Yeah. This, this is Daniel that was full of God, technically. So, and yet, he was in the midst of that system. In the midst of such system. Like that type of system. That are you getting He was not in a. Daniel was not in the. Daniel was in an, what we call the covert operation. He was not the one that, okay, well, you know, he's everywhere that you do. You're seeing me now. I'm wearing suits. You know, he's like, this guy is a Christian. And I'm he was in the midst of where you, you will least expect a Christian to be. Then he can't say, in fact, King of Babylon, sir, he erected uh, an image that people should worship. That's to tell you how terrible this man was. But look at Daniel. Daniel chapter 4, are you there? Let's jump to verse. Praise God. Okay, um, we can start from verse 13. Uh, let's jump. Let's, let's start from verse 9. Hallelujah. So, verse 9. Okay. Oh, Bethesda, master of the magician, because I know that the spirit of the Holy Ghost is in thee and no secret troubles you. Okay, we just jump to verse, um, uh, verse 13. I saw. Okay, let's jump because of time. Uh, 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 Okay, let's start from verse 17. This matter, this matter is, the, is by the decree of the watchers and the demand of the word of the holy ones to the intent that the living God may know that that the most high, what? 
rule out in the kingdom of men and this, this dream I kingdom now verse 19 then Daniel 19 are you there then 19, then, uh, then Daniel, whose name was Bethshazzar, we are reading Daniel chapter 4, verse 19. Then Daniel, whose name was Bethshazzar, was astonished for an hour, and his thoughts troubled him. The king spake and said, Bethshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation thereof trouble you. Bethshazzar, that's Daniel. This is the name the king gave him. Then Bethshazzar answered and said, My Lord, the dream be to them that hate you. The interpretation thereof to thy enemies. Now let me help you a little bit, verse 19. Uh, if you read other versions, it says, this is what it means. It says, so Daniel started by saying, my Lord, I wish, do you have that in your version? So he says, I wish that this dream is to those that hate you. Ah. I don't know. If, I don't know if you are following everybody. I don't know. So yeah, thank you, sir. Wisdom. See, see, look at it. The dream. The, this is the king that killed his father. That killed. This is the king that done many worse things to his family. And now here comes Daniel. And here comes Daniel now. And he's about to interpret the dream. He says, "Ha." <laughs> I know that he already knew the interpretation. What, the interpretation was simple, that the king was going to be like an animal. Yeah. And he's going to grow feathers like birds. And for seven seasons. But when Daniel knew that that is what is going to happen to his master, his master, who is the wicked, who is not a worshiper, he's not a pastor. Who is, who is Edsman? <laughs> Amen. I'm just saying, you know. He said, I, he said Master, uh, uh, I wish this dream, oh Lord, is for, uh, is for those that hate you. You see, some of us, that's why some of us, see, see some of us, let me tell you something. Some of us, eh, God will not use you. In, in, no, no, no. Until, no. God will not use you until you build capacity, certain capacity to understand things. You know, if it is some people, so, <laughs> uh, Master, <laughs> I've been waiting for this. <laughs> In your mind, you say, ah, this person, you kill my father, you kill my mother, you think our God does not exist? It is time. Your judgment is today. You are dying today. You will become an animal. And let me tell you this, such a person will never become what Nebuchadnezzar later did and leave Daniel, put him in charge of many things. You will never become such. You will never become the president or become... If you are, are you going to try to say here? He said, Master, he said, I wish this, this dream is to, God did not send him that. God did not send him that. That was his own. Do you know what Daniel did? If you read that because of our time. When Daniel gave the vision, he told the interpretation. He's after giving the interpretation, he said, ah, he said, sir, I will advise you. He said, after giving it, he said, I will advise you that you stop sinning. I will advise you to stop sinning so that if you stop sinning, maybe these things will be averted. That's what he said. And after one year, the king was walking his balcony and he looked and he said, ah, oh, wow, this is what I have achieved. And immediately, it became the vision, the prophecy came to pass. But after the prophecy came to pass, the, when the king came back to repentance, the Bible says his understanding came back to him. When he came back to his understanding, he said he, had, he exalted the God of Daniel. He exalted the God of Daniel. But this is what I'm trying to say is that some people, eh, 
God knows that there is no way you will be able to win so in this, in this area because of your religious mindset. Daniel was loyal, even loyal to, a, to an earthly king. He was loyal. I'm saying that God will develop, you have to, there is a realm that you have to develop certain capacity to be loyal before God will use you effectively in certain dimensions. I hope you are following me here today. The same thing with, 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 um, with uh, Joseph. With Joseph. Joseph told his brothers, he said, God has brought me here because of you. Joseph went to Pharaoh and gave them ideas in an ungodly land, ungodly land, ideas that will help develop their generation. I mean, the, the, the nation. Economic advice. Am I communicating to you? I hope you are following everybody. We must learn to build, to develop loyalty. The capacity to be loyal. I don't know how else I can say this. But we must learn it. Not high service. But lawyer. Lawyer on a mission. How <laughs> you get I'm trying to say here? You're on a mission. You are not loyal to iniquity. That's not, that's not the same thing. You're not loyal to iniquity. Look at what, but Daniel was able, at least to an extent, was able to convert the king. Amen. Hmm. There are certain evangelism. There are certain dimensions in evangelism that God, I, I know this, that God, that God will not grant certain persons to do. Because they need to build certain capacities. Am I communicating to us here? God is a God of loyalty. God is a God that is loyal. He's a loyal. That's what I'm trying to say. There are certain missions that are overt missions. There are certain missions that are covert missions. God wants to indeed use many of us in different spheres. So God can use you in politics. Amen. God can use you in politics. Now, as I'm speaking to you here now, and you feel, ah, <laughs> me, I don't think God can use me. God can use me. If you don't, as much as you don't think it like that, eh, there's no need for you to be used. Forget about it, okay? Are you understand? It's not a sin. Am I communicating? It's not a sin. Don't think about it. Thou shall not be used. In that area. But what I'm trying to say is this. For certain mission, you will need to build capacity. Just two minutes, I'll round up. Now, one thing I wrote here is that recognizing God's blessing that is not by chance. So, for example, you have to recognize, it's very important in our life to recognize the blessings of God in our life. Recognize the blessings of God in your life. Recognize that those blessings are not by chance. So sometimes, amen, sometimes we make the mistake, we focus too much on the, on the situation, on the troubles, on what we are going through, we are not focusing on the blessing. The same thing happened to Joseph. Joseph, his brothers pulled him into the well. They, you know, they did all kinds of things for him. But what he was recognizing was different. He was not recognizing what they did to him. He was recognizing the blessing in it. What God is using the situation to do to save them. So what I'm trying to say is this in short, is that recognize the blessing, recognize what God has blessed you with. You need all the things that God has blessed you with to be a blessing to people. You have to learn how to be loyal in your job. A lot of people are not loyal in their jobs. Very important. Hallelujah. In their workplaces. You have to be loyal. Those who are working here, who are, 
you know, it's good to be loyal. You know, that one of the ways people are disloyal is, for example, you're working in the you're working in a bank, for example, and they, they, your bank has a particular con, uh, you know, rules and code and contract. When you left the bank, you carry the document, you gave another bank. I've, it happens, I've seen such before. You take a document of another company, you is part of it. Must learn to be loyal. What I'm trying to see, what I'm trying to say is this: all these little, little loyal, loyalty, your loyalty test. God will see them. Am I communicating? God will see them. You must learn to be loyal. Now, because of my time, loyal to the church, especially where you are being fed, is important. The Bible says, "Let brotherly love continue." He said, "Do not forsake the gathering of the saints." God will test your loyalty. Is very important. In the church, the place where you know you are being fed, learn to be loyal there. To be loyal. Let me say this to you. Everybody look here. If, if, you, if, you, uh, if I give you a tray, sir, if I give you a tray and there is food in the tray, you are, and you are supposed to pick and eat. And if somebody comes to that tray and spit on the tray, will you eat again? You will not eat. This is what I'm trying to say is this. When you allow somebody to spit on the tray, where you, on the place where you are being fed, whether you like it or not, it will come back at you. You will be distant. Are you going to try to say, yeah, it is you that somebody will talk about your pastor? <laughs> That's true. That's true. It is you, somebody will talk about one of the choir, one of the HOD, one of the, it is you. And yes, 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 you, if you, somebody talk about an HOD or a member or somebody, you must learn to say, no, 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 please, 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 please. You know, there are many things you don't know. There are many things you don't know. This is, try to your best to defend at least, at least for, for that moment. Then come back. That's why I said, it's not high service. You have to come back and call the sister, ah, come here. Ah, 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 this is what I heard that you do. But of course, in your, you have already, <laughs> amen. That's what I do. This is what I do always. When people come to me, ah, love dominion member. When we started love dominion, that is it. When somebody is talking about one member, I said, no, 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 no. You don't know the person. No, why you guys are too, why, why we do, why we do, why we do, why we do. Then after I finish with the person, ah, then everybody knows that it's difficult to talk about our member badly in my eyes. Because I'm loyal to you. So when, but this is what I do. I will not call the member, come on, or the HOD, or the leader, come. Ah, Baba, ah, Mama, this is what I am I hearing you. Ah, tell me, tell me, what's happening? Ah, 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 why did you do that now? That's wrong now. Ah, that's wrong. This is why I see somebody when I come to me and say, eh, eh. <laughs> I ain't trying to say, eh. Somebody is talking about a member or somebody, your brother, your friend, your brother in the faith, and you fold your hand. I say, eh? And if it is you that you're even talking about your, the member in the church to another person, Abba, learn to be loyal. Learn to be loyal. He said, let brotherly love continue. It does not miss it. In the family, the reason why your family, whether your mom and the, the reason why in your family you still go back to your family is because after they flog you in your family, they still, they still bring you close. After they tell you in your family, your home, that's why it is called home. After they tell you what you have done that is wrong, they still, no, they still pet you. They still say, oh, yeah, take money. Go and buy something. Because said, that's a family. Are you going to pray and say, yeah? You are not offended. <laughs> Even if you, <laughs> you cannot say, no, 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 I'm not doing it again. <laughs> In this family, I'm not doing it again. You are to your peril. It's a family. Hallelujah. Praise God. You're loyal. Be loyal to your job. Loyal to the church where you're fed. Loyal to those who feed you with the word. Loyal to your spouse. The Bible says marriage is honorable. The bed undefiled. Hallelujah. What does that mean? That means that when you are married, 
Okay? You must be honorable. Your bed must be undefiled. It talks about being loyal too. The Bible says, but the adulterers and the fornicators God can judge. So it talks about those that are married. You're married, but yet you now go to another person, you now commit adultery. The Bible says God will judge it. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's no, okay, God is, you know, time, uh, time is fast spent. But very important, I hope you get what I'm trying to say here. God will always check your loyalty um, thermometer to use you in certain capacity. And I want you to just pray. Sometimes, <laughs> some a politician in Nigeria said something once. Ah, and in fact, the politician is a Muslim. I read it in the newspaper. I mean, no, it was a TV. Uh, uh, the name is Fashola, the former governor of Lagos State. He was in an interview that was some years ago. I saw him and he said something. He said, may our loyalty not be tested. Amen. That's a big word. That's a big prayer. <laughs> Amen. And God, God does that a lot. God tests loyalty. Hallelujah. God tests because God is a loyal God. I want you to pray today. Say, Lord, help me. Help me to be loyal. Help me to stay true.